Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance, it's true. And welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow. This is Devin Leary. And also, I feel like once a year, my voice drops like a little bit lower and I can like hear it. There's like a time of year where I'm like... You have a great voice. I can hear my voice is a little lower than before. And I know it's not just from screaming out those 1989 vault tracks, girls. But um, I feel like by the time I'm like 45, I'm going to sound like Luann. I'm going to be like... Oh, Yeah. Hello. <laughs> not really. No, what did she that, say? Well, that was it. Not really. I was like, what well, what was the Wait. phrase? It's not really. It's not really. They <laughs> said, like, don't you want to it was something like <laughs> Wait, what what why does Luann reply that way? We're I don't of course know. I don't talking know. about Luann and her white button down shirt after she had hooked up with two guys. I think and- I think fucking carol was trying to be like aren't you embarrassed and she was like not really not like really it was like One very of, iconic it was iconic don't be all uncool it's, yeah it was iconic and now that she like the last time luann was on watch what happens live um andy's like i feel like i've said this on the pod before but he was getting so annoyed with luann because she just was so self-promotional like everything was like and that's why life's a cabaret and that's why giovanni and he was like what just be normal and he's like, do you have any advice for Roni 2.0 cast? And she goes, oh, sure, I do. Um, be cool. And before she even finishes the sentence, Andy goes, all right. She's like, be cool. Don't be all uncool. He's like, all right, moving on. Like, we got it. Yeah, he's like, so I love when you can tell Andy's sick of someone. But but we can't speak of um, the boss other times referred to as the father of Bravo without speaking on the recent news this week. Um, the expose, which 
Much like the Beverly Hills Housewives trying to read the LA Times article about the Girardis and saying, this is too long. This is so long. I don't know how I'm going to read it. I did not get a chance to read this expose. Um, and so Devin is going to enlighten me a little bit. Well, yeah, so it is long, but like, you know, Articles Every, tend to be well-researched <laughs> article, well-reported I know. articles. I'm like, so it, listen, I, it's sad because I, I like talk about like choosing to be uninformed as like a lifestyle. I mean, I have such a red flag person. Like I was on a date last night and I'm like the the amount of things I say that I'm like, ooh, that might be because uh, I'm trying to be myself now on dates. <laughs> ever heard of this? Guys, have you ever heard of this? Um no, it's like I'm trying to just be like myself and not like try to perform or be like the version that I think this person will like, which is something I like struggle with. And but then like the things I say, I'm like, oh, like I'm like on this date last night. I was like, oh, yeah, well, like because I was like, well, I, I was asked to leave college like when I was younger, but like now I'm actually back in school and my date's like, oh, oh, you're back in school? Like, oh, are you taking classes? And I was like, and like, the truth is like, I'm not taking classes and like, I don't understand. Like I'm in school and I don't understand what's happening this semester. Like I'm just like not taking classes <laughs> and I I never registered for classes. And I'm like, what does that really mean? Like, do I still go there? So I kind of like tried to explain that. I was like, well, I don't really know if I'm in, like technically I'm in school, but I don't really understand it. And sh this person's like, what like it was just like okay well i don't know and like that's not my business like i don't know i'm in school next, but subject. I'm not. next subject so anyway so i choose to be uninformed as well and that's another thing and um then i read but then i can can inform myself when it comes to like reddit threads about like fast fashion brands and this but this is what i'll say when the article was first talked about, like page six did something that was like, oh, I think there's going to be an expose about Bravo or whatever. Um, page six, the person said, I think there might be this. My cousin Colleen sent that to me and I said, I don't want to know about this. Like, I don't we, want this to happen. I simply can't have something taken away from me. Yeah, I was like, I can't. Like, it's the same thing where when Bethany started talking about like, all right, unionizing Bravo. I'm like, listen, guys, like I'm we're losing so much. But but I'm pro labor, but like I need welcome to Plathville. I need these things like I can't live without them. And so my cousin sends me this. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't want to read that. But then, you know, we're doing an episode. Where we're going to talk about Bravo shows. I was like, listen, I got to read it. And I did see Tracy Morrissey posted like a screenshot. And she's like the most concerning thing in the Bravo takedown article is how many times they had to do spelling in question. You know, like the SIC thing for Ramona. <laughs> right. Like every sentence she said, it was like, and spelling is not correct. Um, so I was like, all right, whatever. So, but I tried to have an open mind and this is what I'll say. So the article goes heavy on, this is, this is, there's two different things. There's experience of Ebony Williams, who was the first black real housewife of New York and experienced rampant racism from Luann, Sonia, sorry to say I love Sonia, but she was racist she was towards racist. Ebony. And so Sonia, Ramona, and Luann. And some of it we saw on camera and some of it wasn't even put in the show. And then there's the experience of a black female producer that they hired specifically for Ebony's season. Like they were like, I guess we have to hire a black woman now to, on the producer level. And um, 
those experiences, they experienced racism in the workplace and it wasn't handled very well by Bravo and the like, whatever the overarching like Warner Brothers company. So on that, like if the article was just that, like there was racial discrimination in the workplace and like would be like traumatizing racist things said to this producer and to Ebony, like like that's something that I really think Bravo mishandled and should have dealt with differently and needs to like reassess their uh, diversity and inclusion policies and their human resources policies around that. Okay. But the article, like that's like later in the article. So by the time I got to that half of the article, I was like, oh, wait, like I had already decided like basically this is bullshit. And then I got to that and I was like, oh, this is actually serious. Like this is fucked up. And it's also something that like, like Ebony and this producer's experience is also something that happens at many companies and many workplaces. Unfortunately, it's not like, oh, it's because like Bravo specifically needs to be taken down for this. It's like, oh, Bravo is yet another company or corporation that doesn't have good diversity and inclusion policies and doesn't handle complaints of racism well. So to me, I was just like, yeah, that's interesting and needs to be talked about. And I hope they change that. But the article starts with Leah McSweeney's experience. And this is what I'll say. I understand where Leah is coming from. I understand sobriety and relapsing from my own personal experience. I understand being having a lot of shame about your behavior when you're drinking. I understand waking up and being like, oh my God, I just came across as an insane person and I wish that didn't happen in front of my friends, my coworkers, my peers, someone I have a crush on. But that's your own damn fault. If it's anyone else's fault, like it's like, it's like, oh, I because of like childhood trauma, I have a need like if you drink to excess, that is your fault. And it's like, well, you, if you have it's It qualifies as a disease, but it is your responsibility to treat it. Right. Like, I understand that it comes from a place of like addiction and like that's what I'm saying, like childhood trauma informs like our need to like, like dissociate or get obliterated. But like she chose to drink, she chose to relapse. And then her whole thing is basically, okay, this is what I'll say. Her whole, Leah McSweeney's whole argument is that Bravo producers encouraged her to like drink and act crazy. And then when she became sober, they were basically like, you're boring on the show. And that other cast members were insensitive about her sobriety and her quote unquote disability of having addiction. And I Ooh, wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, okay, this is the thing. It's like, I, I try, like I said, I tried to have an open mind. I was like, okay, well, when I read stories about like sororities and like fraternity hazing, it's like, that's like really scary to me and disturbing, but I'm like, right. That's teenagers. Like this is a grown adult person choosing to go on a show that you can watch for many seasons prior. Like this is the whole thing with Bethany's argument too, about the unionizing. It's like, it's not like, unless if, if it was 
real world cast in 1999 or if it was like the first season flavor of love cast being like whoa this was actually way more fucked up than i thought and actually even the love is blind cast coming forward and being like whoa this is fucked up it's like these are the first seasons of these shows like yes totally i can understand being like this is not what they represented to be but with bravo it's like there's years there's over a decade of like evidence like this is what the show is like people are going to get fucked up if they don't if you don't get fucked up they're going to pressure you to and you're an adult so if you're choosing to be part of that and if you're choosing to go on the show like leah is like saying that she's like andy was actually upset that i didn't relapse on the show so i pretended that like i had been drinking all along because i want and she's like acting like i was pressured to like pretend i relapsed at a certain time like you relapsed, like that was your choice. You drank and you chose to do that and you chose to go on a show that you could see was probably not gonna be a safe space for exploring your mental health journey. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, Marisol was, Marisol from Miami, she puts in the article, texted her like, hey, I'm like kind of disappointed that you're gonna be sober on the girls trip. Yeah. What do you think she's gonna say? Like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, like I totally support your disability of addiction. Like that's not the group you're hanging around. If you wanna hang around that group, don't go on this show and like don't accept three thousand dollars an episode and like whatever and then they're like well why do that's people all they get paid that's all she got paid in the beginning if people right. stay long enough that's another part they're like if people stay long enough you can get paid a million dollars a season and it's like okay yeah and there's other ways to make money i don't know like i'm just like it's not like a thing where it's like okay these are um pas and like they like need to pay for dinner and then they're being forced to like take shots like these are like women who are being put on a show for being like presumably rich wealthy successful or married to someone who is and then they're like complaining like well we had in order to stay on the show and make money we had to get drunk like and again it's like i don't know so leah's whole thing i i felt like I related to it coming from a place of like a lot of shame about drunken behavior and then wanting to deflect that. Like if I like they, she talks about a night where on a Roni trip where she like peed the bed and had like thrown up the night before. Okay. I've been there. I remember that episode. And Correct. Yeah. I can imagine waking up if like from that and the shame of that. And then someone like Bethany Frankel saying, it's not your fault. It's Bravo's fault. I would easily be like, Oh, I was victimized. I was victimized. You know what I mean? But then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, yes, there were all these outside forces. And also I chose to do this. And I just didn't get any sense of that from anything Leah was saying. Like there was no like, and yeah, I really like wish that I didn't do that. Like I wish I, it was just very much like, well, the producers told me they liked my drunken behavior. Yeah, of course. Watch the show. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, of course they did. And then the other thing is like, you know, there's other things where I'm like, there was a choice here. Like, for example, Ebony was talking about producers will hold, it was actually cracking me up. Like, I guess producers will hold up a phone with like a sentence on it to like give a note during a scene. Like, and one of them was like, bring up Sonia's drinking. Like someone holds up their phone and says, and then Ebony's like, <laughs> I'm going to start I chose doing that in conversation. I know, like <laughs> bring up my breakup so I can talk about it. Um, no, but like, so Ebony said, but I didn't want to do that. So like she chose not to bring it up. And that's an example where, which I could tell from the beginning, even aside from all the like discrimination and racism that Ebony was faced with, which when you read the article, it like I remember all those scenes 
from watching the season. Like, it's insane. Like, Luann being like, I, oh, Ebony, I don't like when you talk to me that way. Because Ebony said, like, well, I'm the most educated person here. I have, like, a, um, and, like, lists multiple degrees. And Luann's like, oh, I don't like when you talk to me that way. Like, the racism is truly so blatant and awful. But even aside from that, like, Ebony was, like, way too nice and normal of a person to be on the show because she says, like, she saw that note and was like, oh, I'm not going to bring up Sonia's drinking. Like, that's rude. So, again, it's like we see these are choices that these women are making while they're in the scenes. And I can understand where it's like I can understand where it would be a very, like, scary um, group scenario to be in with all these very mentally unhinged women um, getting wasted and like talking about intense things and people ganging up on you. But I think that your mental health is your own responsibility. And I think that Bethany just profited off of Bravo when she could. And now she's trying to do so again. Like Bethany's like unionizing effort and her like interviewing Raquel and all this stuff. Like that's just like her taking advantage of an opportunity to get attention. And that really bothers me. And she's one of the wealthiest women, um, like in America probably. So I'm just like, just go calm down and be with your kid and just stop. I want true when you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad, The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. 
It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I get bothered by the fact that she always is saying something negative about it, she knows how to get a headline. Like Bethany Frankel insults the way Taylor Swift was at a Chiefs game. Bethany Frankel talks about Megan and Harry. Yes. When their documentary came out, like she knows how to get in page six, which to obviously Bravo stars is like the New York Times. Um, right. Like which is sad. Page of the New York Times, which is sad. But I, I completely hear you. And I also think that The Marisol text reminds me of so many texts or like people who, when I stopped drinking, that was such a common reaction. Yeah. And I can see (laughs) the thing is, is that this is a fucked up dynamic. It's fucked up to get drunk at work. The fact that you're getting drunk at work for a TV show is a crazy situation. But like you said, this is historically the situation. And I, I just think that I, I completely agree with you. Like you have to find a storyline. We knowing that when you watch these shows, you can see everyone scrambling for their storyline. Sometimes it comes yes. easily. Sometimes you can see them really making an effort. And I think that when your life is more put together, it's harder to find a storyline because it's not just blankety blank. You're a mess. Yes. And that's what Leah was complaining about, too. Like, she's like, well, they 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 wanted me to, like, talk about relapse. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, that's how it's going to be. I think, like, this is the thing. Like you said, it's fucked up. It's hard. It's weird. It's difficult. It would be really triggering. I would have a mental breakdown if I was on this show. But on like camera, period. I I cannot see myself like on an iPhone picture. But I, Leah's experience of that is not like, and it's not like expose and Vanity Fair worthy. Like there's like these pictures of her like no, sitting Ebony's solemnly. No, is Leah's isn't totally. And like if that was that's what I was thinking because there's these photos of them all like looking solemn, and I was like, the only person who deserves this photo is Ebony. Like to be have like this picture of her looking like solemn and like she's been through something in like a powerful article and then you have leah and bethany and i'm like okay that's not the same thing and also i think the other thing i do want to say about ebony's experience and the um producer who was like on ebony's season their experience is that I do think it's fucked up that Ramona is going to be on the ultimate girls trip. Like, I do think Ramona is agreed. Like we've got, she's so just much, a disgusting person. We've gotten so much entertainment out of her, but at this point it's like, it's enough. And she's done enough that it's like, just fire her and don't ever bring her back. Um, and she can't even spell. She dressed as Marilyn Monroe for Halloween and didn't even spell Marilyn Monroe correctly. So that's an offense in and of itself. But I think, I can't with Leah and Bethany, but I can with Ebony. And I think the article was a lot of like, like, I think it was kind of like a clickbait for attention type of thing when it should have just been like a serious piece about like racism and discrimination. That's what I'll say. This was extremely helpful for someone who, again, could not read the article in time because it was too long and my workday was too busy. 
it's sad to me because Bethany was on TV, one of my favorite housewives to watch. Nini was one of my favorite housewives to watch. I it's it's hard letting like go. It's hard letting go. And that's always historically been hard for me. Totally. Speaking of letting go, I want to talk a little bit about Beverly Hills. Yes. The premiere we watch. I mean, this at this point, Beverly Hills. It deserves another classification. Like there should be like an it, it's just it's not a regular housewives show. These these women are so are such characters now. They're all celebrities in their own right. Erica Jane on Ozempic, Kyle Richards, I'm sorry to say, probably on Ozempic. And they just are like internet personalities at this point. But besides that, we see that Kyle and Mauricio are going to be divorced. They're going to be separating. And we see a scene between them at the end of the episode, which is one of those scenes where there's so much not unsaid in the scene that's so apparent. There's so much like reading between the lines you have to do because ostensibly the scene is just about Mario Cio saying, love bean, how many tattoos do you have? Oh my God, you have too many. Stop getting them. And her saying, I will. And it's my body and I can do what I want. And you don't have a say. And we see Mauricio looking so confused. And listen, we're already Team Kyle, obviously, not just because we love her, but because, and I say that knowing that there's problems with Kyle, but I still, I can't help it. I love her. And Mauricio clearly voted for Trump and is a Trump supporter yes. and is just gross in general for that. And And to jump back to the expose, by the way, Luann, Sonia, Ramona, we know all of those those three women specifically voted for Trump and are bad people. I'm sorry. Wait, really? To... They voted yes. for Trump? Yes. How do you know? Because on the reunion after the election, Tinsley, Bethany, and Carol were all sitting on one side of the couch. On the other side was Ramona, Sonia, and Luann. And Andy asked everyone who they voted for. And Tinsley, of course, was like, I couldn't vote because I forgot to register, but I would have voted for Hillary. Carol was like, obviously, I voted for Hillary. Bethany was like, this election was awful, but I did vote for Hillary. And then both Luann, Sonia, and Ramona were like, we're not saying who we voted for. And okay. Andy and look, who's got Carol. And Carol was like, obviously, they all voted for Trump. And he was like, I think so, too. Interesting. And Sonia was like, yes, I did design things for, did, you know, work on interior design for Mr. Trump. Ramona is like friends with him. And Luann is just like, I'm sorry, again, to say like a bad person. Yeah. All you need to do is look at Luann's daughter's artwork to know that that was no cakewalk. Yeah, totally. But to jump back to um, Mauricio and Kyle, I believe that he must have cheated. There's no... I, I don't understand why else she would be looking at him as if she could melt him with her eyes. She looks so angry. Well, it could be like, okay, here's what I'll say. She stops drinking and people a lot of times drink. I don't know if you know this, but people a lot of times drink to like avoid certain realities. And, Tell um, me more. She, I, I think it's possible that it could be that she like stopped drinking even if I don't know about the Morgan situation like I don't know if she like had feelings for her 
I'm not sure if it's just for attention or if she like if it's like queer baiting a la Taylor Swift or if she actually like is had a relationship with Morgan. But what I'll say is she could have just like come to the clarity of like this man thinks that he's smarter than me and better, which he obviously does because he's a Trump supporter. And like I I used to love Mauricio, but it's like in this scene, I we saw all did. I saw the reality of like, oh, she's like sick of being with someone who thinks he knows better than her about everything. And I know she purposely said the it's my body thing because she knew it would fucking yes. kill him. So she might have just come to clarity of like, you know what? Like, fuck you. Like, I am smarter, more emotionally intelligent and like more powerful than you are. And I'm the reason your agency even has all its success, because if she didn't yep. go on Real Housewives, he wouldn't have had that. I feel like she had to do that scene with the agency sweatshirt to like tie into their other show on Netflix that is like Mauricio's little show. So I feel like she was pissed off in the scene. She's like, I don't even want to do this, but I have to for your fucking thing. And she's just like, fuck you. So she might just have been sick of him, although there have always been rumors of him cheating. And now he immediately, after they announced their divorce, was seen holding hands with his Dancing with the Stars co-star. So I don't know. I also think it's interesting. Like, I th I think that he has embraced the role of, like, quote-unquote, good husband yeah. I think that I think that he there was obviously a part of him that just like loved Kyle so much. They've been married for so long. And I thought it was really sweet, like times that PK would be like, who looks the best? And he would always be like my wife and his toast to her. He was always really sweet. And their kids are obviously like really close. Like it's clear that there was good parenting. I, I do think. Yeah. Well, she but, Kyle said on Watch What Happens Live, she's like, we did have a really good marriage for a really long time. So, yeah, and I actually really liked what Erica Jane says in the teaser when um, Kyle's crying, being like, so many people said they believed in love and that this because of our love story. And Erica Jane was like, this is a great love story. Yeah. And I believe that about relationships that end sometimes. I really do. Like, they don't you don't have to stay together forever for things to be a great love story and be romantic. Staying with, with someone for 27 years is a long time. I know. I don't know if I could do that. I don't. I, I get sick of people after they, like, are in my house for a week. Well, that's a long time. <laughs> I mean, but that's what I mean. Like, I love my private space. I love my alone time. Like, God help. I, I, uh, I need to find someone who leaves me alone. I need to find someone who leaves me alone. Um, but he writes this post. Mauricio on Dancing with the Stars writes this post about how this dance is dedicated to Kyle at the same time, he's clearly like pursuing something with his dance partner or worse, holding hands with her for attention because right. Kyle is open on Watch What Happens Lives about how it really did hurt her. And Teddy Mellencamp, who for some reason is on the show with her, is like, yeah, why are you holding hands in Beverly Hills? Yeah. Like, if you're going to do that, why do it so publicly? And so it's clear that it wasn't just, a, at least to Kyle, a press thing that it did really hurt her. And so it begs the question, like, yeah, your Instagram post being like, this is for Kyle, who was always there for me, means nothing if you're going to publicly move on with your Dancing with the Stars partner. Totally. And I feel I bad agree. for all the daughters. <laughs> and by the and way, last thing all I'll the daughters, <laughs> all your daughters, you. we feel bad for you. And that is 
where I stand as well. I will also say that Erica Jane is terrifying. And also, I'm going to say... I'm a show, man, Dorit. First of all, Dorit is ready to step into role of star this season. And I'm ready to receive it because... I always was kind of on the line with her, but like certain people always have been like, she's an icon. And I was like sort of coming to their side with her like weird carrying the wind chime at BravoCon. I'm like, all right, she's starting to like own her pretentiousness, whatever. And this season I'm ready for it because her line of that's not a showman, Erica. That's a bitch was so good. Yeah. The way she she delivered delivered it so well. I know, and then PK, PK being like, "Oh, all right, name's Eagle Woman, and what what's your I name?" I like PK sexually, and that's something that I want to go on the record saying. Um, I have a crush on him. I could see him being in my house for a week and not getting annoyed with him. It's also clear his to me his commentary as, would be nice. His commentary, but it's also clear to me that him and Dory hate each other. They just have the most antagonistic relationship towards each other. I feel like, like, I feel like she's sick of him. Well, they're sick of each other and their kids are like seem insane. I don't know. The house seems, (laughs) the house seems um, fragile at the moment, but well, I'm sorry to say this too, but they're like, they, they are like millions of dollars in debt. They like, Oh, they're, they haven't paid their taxes. Like there's, Oh, is that what it is? There, I mean, there was some news news article. I say news loosely about how they were like behind on their taxes. I don't know how they make their money besides the housewives. Yeah, they probably make like close to a million dollars a season or whatever. Um, no, I bet they probably make hundreds of thousands of dollars a season on the show. Still, um, that's not enough to live in like a crazy mansion in Valley Village or wherever they are. Really. I mean, maybe it is the VPR kids were able to do it. Okay. I'm going to stop. We don't know um, anything. All right. We don't know anything about finances and that's fine. But that's always been true and probably always will be true, unfortunately, even though I've promised myself and on my to-do list is always watch financial videos and I've never actually done it. Watch financial videos. (laughs) Like figure out finances is like on my to-do list. I'm dead that it's watch financial videos like wait what are the videos someone talking about finance? someone talking to me about like what an IRA is I know but that will just go over your head like I that... know but I need to start somewhere so I literally when... was like do I need to go to night school to figure out finances Beth sent me this video of uh, this TikTok of um <laughs> it's like this TikTok trend of Taylor Swift singing, I think it's Willow. And it's like, the more that you say, the less I know. And it was like, when someone tries to explain a card game, the rules of a card game. (laughs) And that's how I feel about everything with finances. It's like, the more that you say, the less I know. know. Because I'll mention something casually. Like, I'll be like, oh, I don't know, like, how to pay my taxes. And then people start being like, oh, well, it's just this. And I'm like, the more that you say, the less My I accountant know. laughs at me. She says, you don't know anything. She literally laughs at me and says that. And I say, I know, like, why do you think I hire you? For fun? Do you think I like paying for someone to do my taxes? Do you think I would like to do that on my own? No. But at least I would like to know what's no. going on. I would like to know what these forms mean. I know. I know. Um, it's so but hard. But that won't happen. So I guess, look at me throwing rocks at PK and Dorit. When you're in a glass when I pay house. my taxes... As You're late as possible. In the glass ass house. I'm um, in my glass house paying late fees on my taxes. 
Um, but but I, I do think they're heading to, I think they're going to split up. Okay, I agree. And they should definitely capitalize on that. And and we should 100%. definitely get to watch it. 100%. Now, let me say this. We see Erica Jane literally speaking to a therapist to try to learn how to have human emotions. Like that she's like coldly sitting across from someone and the therapist is like, and can you start to understand why people are were victimized by your husband? And she's like, mm-hmm. But she's like, maybe I shouldn't say I don't care about the victims drunkenly. I know. She's like, that's actually an interesting point. Um, but this is what I'll say. She says she's a showman. This is what I have to tell you. I had an experience on Saturday night. My friend, friend of the pod, Jesse Konevsky, tells me I have tickets to a Pitbull concert. Do you want to go? It's free. I'm like, sure. I don't know. And little do I know it's the trilogy tour, a.k.a. Ricky Martin, Pitbull, Enrique Iglesias. Again, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I remember. I just love that Jesse Konevsky has these tickets. Continue. She's very connected in, like, the concert world. Um, and she gave very helpful explanations, like, um, saying that Enrique is the, the um, romantic crooner and the other guys, she's like, well, Enrique's romantic and the other guys are the energy. And I was like, oh, okay, I uh, got it. Um, but she also knew every single word to every single song, even the songs that were completely in Spanish, she knew every single word. But I was kind of like, oh, I, I remember like Ricky Martin from childhood. Oh, cute, like he's really hot and he was in a Ryan Murphy show. And this man, Ricky Martin, is the showman of our generation. And seeing this, I thought many times, I'm like, really? Erica is going to say I'm a showman? She needs to go to the trilogy tour and sit there and watch someone who not only brings, number one, the exuding charm when Ricky Martin smiles, I would challenge anyone in the world to not smile back. You can't not smile back when Ricky Martin <laughs> smiles. Number two, the chic outfits. He's wearing a silver trench coat, no shirt underneath with, parachute pants or as jesse called them the swishy pants he's wearing <laughs> gold and silver mesh tank tops v-neck tank tops he's wearing lo loose fitting chemises and i'm blown away okay number so that was number two and then number three the dancing number four the singing the ballads the powerful voice and just the joy and every time he said the the one phrase he said to the crowd he kept saying you want some more? I can't hear you. And I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Yes, I want some more. That's not a showman. More. That's a bitch. No, but that is a showman. And the thing is, Erica's a bitch and Ricky Martin is a showman. And I need Erica to understand that. So if anyone can relay the message, please. And, sh and send him, send her his videos where he's doing lip sync battle. Like he's just so talented. And I, I really think he's underrated. I like you guys to think about Devin's concert from my perspective, which is Devin's casually mentioning to me that she went to a show where Enrique Iglesias was and walked through the crowd. And I had no, I was like, sorry, can you start from the top? Like, I have no context for this. I didn't even know Enrique Iglesias was still like singing. Well, singing is a generous <laughs> term. I want true Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. This was the best part. When we're walking out, Jesse goes, I think you're right about Enrique, by the way. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Because I hadn't. The only thing I said about him was I was like, oh, he looks kind of awkward. And that's when Jesse was like, oh, well, he's romantic and he's a crooner. And I was like, oh, got it. Um, So when we're walking out, she's like, I think you're right about him. I was like, right about what? She's like, I think he is hiding a bald spot. That's why he always wears a hat in every show. I was like, I never once said anything. And I never even thought that. She's like, she goes, oh, I guess I had a whole conversation with you in my head. I was like, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that so much. I know. But it was really a great time. And and I think that Enrique is hot, bald or not. Like, please. Um, And he turned me on. Like, in the beginning, I was like, he's so awkward. And then by the end, I was like, I am turned on right now. I was turned on by all of them. Like, even Pitbull or Mr. Pitt. No, sorry. (laughs) Mr. Ricky and Pitt. That's what Enrique said. He's like, he kept being like, I'm here with Mr. Ricky and Pitt. And I'm like, guys, I just... 
want to see you hanging backstage i feel like they're very like respectful when they hang backstage like they drink but they're respectful and they like maybe like smoke a cigar but they're respectful you're in romantic fantasy territory but continue <laughs> no but enrique and ricky and mr pitt no mr ricky and pitt they're you know listen i can't keep up with my fantasies about the three of them but they're all pretty hot and um the whole point is to say that erica is not a showman and also okay now let's say this Erica is not a showman, but Sutton, but Sutton is, I have to say Sutton is. Sutton is exactly what these shows are for. They're for an absurdly rich person. She makes 300K a month, a month. In and she's like, support. I need to show my kids that I don't need that. I also can have my own boutique. <laughs> like, I oh love that God. she was like, Oh, well, I obviously am not going to like say no to that. That's stupid. Which I right. was like, okay. Yeah, that's we true. We can't have both, sweetheart. But she's like, but I still want my ex. That was helpful for me as like a very mentally ill uh, woman to hear her be like, but I want my ex to like see how successful I am. It's like, he does not give a fuck. He's not going to be like, wow. And the Sutton boutique is doing really well. Never mind. I'm impressed. You know, <laughs> I like, am impressed and I still want to give her $300,000 a month. <laughs> so that, but I just loved that whole thing. Like then like she is a showman because she's giving us exactly what we want. That tea party with Jennifer Tilly and her weird assistant who like has a lot of attitude and is like, okay, I basically run your life. Like, I that's what we need. We need that. We need the quirk. We need all of that. I have also been watching season two of Salt Lake City because I've never seen it before. I've seen season one, three. Season two is, of course, when Jen Shaw uh, famously gets arrested on the side of the road for fraud and money laundering. I'm sorry. It is like a crime show. Watching these women. It is. It's true crime. Who nothing ever serious. I have to say that has happened to besides like divorce. Collectively um, and religious okay, trauma. And religious trauma. No, I'm kidding. I'm being facetious. No, it's not. It's true. Watching Homeland Security roll up in the NYPD in Salt Lake City, Utah, and watching their faces. I mean, I love too that Lisa Barlow is the only one who really understands what's going on. Like she's like, I'm shaking. Like she's the one who's calling lawyers, being like, Are am I implicated? What's yeah, going on? This true. is really bad. This is really bad. Everyone else is very quick to make jokes i'll say they get they're going to veil when they get to the house in veil where meredith inexplicably is taking a bath because she's a super weirdo and obviously wanted everyone to see her in the bath yeah they walk in the door and heather goes it's the feds she goes hi it's the feds while she walks through the door and whitney's like too soon and it's like your friend you're you're already making jokes i understand that in a way but that is crazy i don't think anyone knew how bad it was even when jen got arrested and i think it's so interesting the spell that jen held over these women yeah because even even heather is like our friend lied to us this is in veil she's like our friend lied to us she traumatized this whole experience is traumatizing and then she goes and has lunch with jen and is yeah. basically like yeah i'll always be a friend for you and I, I was so funny because I was like, even though Jen defrauded the elderly, it's nice to see Heather being such a good friend. Like I was kind of like, everyone deserves a friend. I even know. Those. I understand um, that that is, um, you know, a complicated perspective to have. Well, I think it's, I think Jen is very charming. She has that like 
narcissistic manipulative thing where you're like wait actually you're like so funny and cute and then the next scene you're like i'm actually terrified of you and like what's going on i think um salt lake city is really giving us something else i mean it's sad there there was not a new episode this week in favor of winter house yeah I, unfortunately for me and i'm really enjoying monica's journey i just can't believe i was explaining to my family last night because i've gotten them hooked on slc and i was like you guys one of the informants is a housewife in season four. Like, yeah, where else does do such that's beautiful that's dynamics beautiful. exist? And that's beautiful. And she has a complicated Vanity relationship Fair? with her mother. How about you talk about how that's beautiful? Have you ever thought about how talking about how that's beautiful? Because it is. Jesus and she has Christ. a fucked up relationship with her mother who swears at her when she thinks she's off the phone. And she's the a single that- mom of four. Okay, the fact that people, when Monica was on Watch What Happens Live, it was like a poll, like, are you on Monica's side or her mom's side? Again, in what world are people watching this where it's like there's a poll on whether they're on the mom's side or her side in a screaming argument about fucking hating each other and people are voting? In what world do you watch that and think like, this is going to be a peaceful workplace for me to explore my sobriety and my mental health? Like, no. And um, so... People, I was like shocked that it was close. Like a lot of people were like, I'm on the mom's side. I'm like, I'm on Monica's. Are no, you? 1000% on Monica's side. Like Monica has been abused is what I felt like from that. Like watching I think that. so too. I was like, she's experienced abuse and she has like a very difficult life. And I would be traumatized if my mom was like shaming me and siding with Lisa Barlow or no, sorry, siding with Angie K of all fucking people. I would be traumatized by that. Um, and her mom clearly loves the attention. And I can tell Monica resents that because like she was a bad mom. Like her, oh. she's like, like getting in there. And Monica's like, you don't even know any of these people. Yes. I was like cringing so hard. It's like, and also I know that Monica needs her mom's help because she has, is it four kids or five kids? Four. She has four and kids. And I know that because alone. I'm so jealous about how amazing she looks with four kids. Yeah, she does look great. She looks this so hot. close to breast implants. I'm this close. When the only reason on... I'm not getting them is because they don't last forever. And what do you mean uh-huh. they don't last forever? Like people have to get them like rotated and switched out. And some people don't react. I, I literally am not getting them because I don't want to deal with the stigma around it. And there I is don't no wa- stigma. Yeah. Well, like in my like, I, I feel like in my circle at work, there would be. I feel like people would be like, what the fuck? OK, well, this is what I'll say. You shouldn't worry about what anyone you shouldn't make decisions like that based on what other people think, but because you should just do you. But I also think that you don't need them. And also my biggest thing is like if it I think it can mess up with with your um, I always thought like, oh, I'll get a boob job eventually because the girls are already hanging a little low and I'm like, eventually I'll have to lift them up. But I've heard it can affect how sensitive your nipples are. And I have heard the same I'm thing. I'm not trying to lose that. <laughs> and that would be hard for me. Um, yeah. Off of nipple sensitivity. Winter House. Winter House. I have well, not been watching. I watched Winter House and this is what I want to say. Uh, wait, why are Paige and Craig not in it? I don't want to watch it without Paige and Craig. Well, or I, Sierra. Don't, I don't know. This is I was like so uncertain when it started. I was like, OK, Danielle is going to be like America's sweetheart this season. Like, I think Danielle is a really good friend, but I don't love watching her. I think she's kind of boring. Um, but this is what I will tell you. Cody. Is that his name? Corey. Sorry. 
Corey with a K, yes. Corey with a K from Summer House and Samantha. So basically the season starts and Corey with a K, we've all seen him all over Instagram with Sam and like they're so in love and then they're at Winter House and someone's like, everyone go around and say if you're single and it gets to Corey and he's like, um, I'm seeing someone, but we haven't put a label on it. And it's like, oh shit. So that's going to be a drama of the season is then later Sam comes to visit and Corey's been like flirting with and hooking up with other girls and she finds out. So no. that is going to be good. Another I mean, I-, I can't wait, but yeah, I'm now I'm going to start watching it. Another thing I want to say is I have an inkling. I want to say it here. I want it to be public that Kyle and Amanda are on the outs because uh, last night, because first of all, in the premiere winter house, Kyle calls Amanda's like, I miss you. And she goes, I don't miss you. And he's like, oh come on and she's like hating each other they she literally said she said i'm i have so much fun when you're not around or something and he's like oh oh like what they do not like each other they like both are very i think like 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 the idea of it like they both sobbed when he proposed they sobbed at their wedding but they do not like each other he's mean when he's drunk he's drunk all the time she clearly like want someone nice i don't know i don't know how they uh, i don't know i don't get it well so she posted a selfie last night that was like a hot mirror pic and it said sad girl club Uh oh here's what i'll say you know my theory when women are in relationships with men and they start posting a slutty pic even though they're in a relationship that's a sign i'm looking for attention elsewhere whether it's conscious or not i'm not getting attention at home I need attention from elsewhere. Is that necessarily a deal breaker? No. But when you're saying sad girl club, it's a little bit like, okay, something's happening. I root for them to split up. I think she would be happier. I think he's one of those people who doesn't know what he has. 1000%. Oh my God. 1 million percent even. Like he has no idea how lucky he is. And I feel sad that her life has become what it was when she started out as like the cool art girl that visited the summer house. And now she's like, lover boy. Yeah, not so good. And she keeps it afloat because she like promotes their, she designs for them. And that's like the only cool thing about them. Totally. I'm just assuming no one when they're going out wants to drink hard kombucha at parties. I know. Something that famously makes you like burp and gassy. I have actually never seen it out like on the town. And like my cousin bought it as like a joke once. That's like the one time I've seen people using it is as a joke. Like, I don't think it's popular, but. But it's like one of those things where being a Bravo celebrity, like you make money by people are like, oh, I'm buying this because it's Kyle and Amanda's thing, you know, as a joke. Like, it's always like ironic. It's always ironic. Like, I am i don't know anyone who's buying free Jen Shaw t-shirts sincerely being like, yes, I stand with Jen. Or LaDom fragrance sincerely. I mean. Or Wendy Osefo's candles sincerely. Um, My friend said she bought Karen Huger's candles and that it smelled so bad. She had to, like, <laughs> evacuate her home. <laughs> what did it smell like? I don't know, but she Just compared like it to cheap, in Monsters, yeah. Inc. When someone's like in touch with a human in Monsters, Inc. And they have to be like shaved and like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. The it's like too. those cheap, like chemically candles, like that, that the ones you would buy at like Rite Aid, like they smell like ass. It's like so bad. So that let's end on that. <laughs> Off of smelling like ass. 
Um, everybody have a good day. Everyone and have a good day, and we will keep you posted on all things reality TV, love, and finance. Oh, my God. We'll be watching some finance videos next week. <laughs> I love you, Devin. Love you, Carol. Everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Bean Dad. The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.